0: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now I don't want to cut the song off because this is where it sounds like Wolf. Coming up right Maybe. here. There's oh. a part. This one doesn't have the lyrics. Oh, it doesn't have the lyrics. Oh, I see. So it's not really art. It's just... We could have been waiting here for 25 minutes if Maloney didn't step in and tell us there's no lyrics. Uh, all right. You kind of heard this. Uh, I got two clips here from Cliff Kingsbury. Just spoke to the media, okay? You, you heard one of them in, uh, in Eric Ruby's update right there. But they, um, they asked Cliff the same question that they have asked uh, Vance Joseph yesterday. Any reassurance that you're going to be back
1: next week? And this is what he had to say. Um, we've talked with Michael. I have every day, and so at this point, it's just about trying to win this game. Um, so we haven't talked postseason. We haven't talked moves, anything like that. It's just about current issues and trying to win. And so then they asked him point blank, "You think you're coming back next year? You um, me the head coach next year? We'll focus on that after Sunday. But um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how do we win this game? What do you make of that? Man,
2: I, I don't know. This is the first that I'm hearing it right now. Your initial reaction to that, it's not good, right? It's, it doesn't uh, sound good. Yeah, it is, doesn't. Is that, I mean, that's just my gut reaction. Again, um, please no, 100%. give me some time to absorb well, it, but that
0: sounds bad. I, I, I'll tell you what my reaction was, um, and, but I'm trying to parse together why I feel this way. You hear that, I hear that, and I think, okay, he's not back next year. That's what I hear. And I don't even know if that logically makes sense because do I – I don't know what I expected in an answer there. Do I expect to hear and be like, oh, yeah, we're definitely – I'm 100% I'll be back next year. But when Vance Joseph said it earlier – when, when he gave his answer, where it was kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll yeah. see. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just something about the way Vance talks. I was like, oh, you know what? We will see. Because Vance yeah. said we'll see. When Cliff says we'll talk about that after Sunday, that makes me think he's not coming back.
2: Yeah, can I hear that second one once yes. again? Can I hear that
1: second uh, cut once again, please? Um, we'll focus on that after Sunday. But um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how do we win this game? Okay, there, there you go, right there. So
2: um, when I hear that, because he's been, he says he talks to Michael every day, right? So that that is interesting, right there. I, I would, if I were in Cliff's shoes, if I were a coach in that situation, I would try to, as a man, I would try to go up there and get an answer as to how you're feeling right now going into this game. You, you would do it even period. before the last I, game. That, that's just me. Yeah. I would want to know. Do you think, think he'd give you I one? Think it's, it's, I think Michael would. Yeah. yeah, I do. I think he would. Um, I could be
0: wrong on that, but I think knowing him, he would. Well, because the flip side is, let's say Cliff either did ask and got an answer, or he just knows Michael Bidwell well enough now after four years and he doesn't think he's coming back, he's not going to say that, right? I mean, if Cliff Kingsbury didn't think he was coming back next year, that answer he just gave would be his answer. That doesn't mean... Like, this is one of those weird word problems. That doesn't mean because he gave that answer, he's not coming back. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying if he didn't think he was coming back, he wouldn't be like, nope, this is it. I'm on my way. See ya. He would be like, we'll talk about that after Sunday.
2: Yeah, I'm just, once again, um, trying to put myself in Cliff's shoes. And if I were him, I'd want to know, hey, listen, uh, going into this last game, where where does it stand? Um. Are you really going to make a decision based on how you play the last game of this season, based on everything else that has happened here? I think Michael would have to know one way or the other. So it's just me. Um, If I were Cliff, I'd be asking, you know, what should I prepare my coaches for Mm -hmm. on Monday? And I would imagine, uh, knowing Michael, he would definitely give them an answer.
0: Yeah, because it's not like if you're like you know what I think we're going in a different direction. It's not like Cliff's going to be like well, good luck, You coach the game yourself on Sunday. You know what I mean? It's right. That's not, not going to change anything right. on on Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. But we both, and I'm guessing most people, probably have the same reaction when they hear that. Of That sure isn't, sure isn't reassuring that he is coming back if you want him back.
2: Right. Um, go ahead and play this, will you please?
0: Just because you disagree with me on my cardinal opinions, don't imply that my opinions on the cardinals are
2: lies because they employ me. You might tell lies if you were in my position, but I don't. Please don't project your weakness on me. Thank you. Yeah, once again, uh, I would like to see Cliff Kingsbury come back. Um, he's dealt with an awful lot. There's been so many distractions, of course, um, for the Arizona Cardinals this season. It's incredible. I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is perfect. No way, man. Cliff knows that. He, he's he got to do some things. He's got to make some changes. But um, I listen, I didn't think Ken Wisenhunt deserved to be fired at that point in time. I disagreed with the organization on that. Um, obviously. They did fire him, and Michael made a great hire. He brought in B.A., so uh, in the end, of course, I was wrong on that. Um, I could be wrong on this one as well, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury is somebody that I'd love to see come back because I think he's been dealing with a lot of stuff that um, is horrifying for a head coach in the National Football League to deal with. And um, all the distractions that happen to this team, Cliff's got a lot of area I think he needs to improve on.
0: But um, yeah, you know what, I'd bring him back. Let me ask you this, and this is another one of those questions that there's not a clear answer to, but if I'm remembering right, like Vance Joseph, it's, look, Cliff didn't come into this job. With a bunch of his guys, because he had never coached in the NFL before, so Vance Joseph was kind of an organizational decision too, right? And those two get along really well, and I think sure. in a lot of ways they've played off each other well, uh, more so last year than this year, certainly. But if they if they tell Cliff, or if Cliff is like, "I'm out," like I'm not doing this anymore, there's just too much. I'll go be an assistant somewhere and try and be a head coach again in three or four years somewhere else. Um, does that necessarily mean that Vance is gone? Because it's not like it's his guy. Yeah,
2: well, that's interesting right there. No, you're right about that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, would they consider Vance? Yeah, I think they would. If, in fact, they were going to pull the the metaphorical trigger, of course, on Cliff and say, yeah, we're going to do that. I, I think, yeah, I think Vance Joseph would be somebody they may consider. Um, listen, I, again, I want to bring Cliff back, but I want changes. I yeah. want changes to be made, and it's got to happen. Um he needs to be the alpha in the room. I've been talking about this now for two years. Two years I've been talking Even about. Even when they were needs, winning last year, you were exact, talking about that's this. That's exactly yeah, that. right. Thank you for that, Luke. I really appreciate that because, um, once again, I'm not making this stuff up on the fly. I think he needs to be the alpha in the room. you got to forget about being a peer to your players. No, you're their head coach. That's what you got to be. Cliff needs to act like the head coach. He's got to be the head coach. And again, as I said earlier this week, it's not as though he needs to be screaming at dudes. It's not as though he needs to yell and wave his arms and puff his chest out and walk up in front of the team and I'm the alpha of this team. No, you don't need to do that. What you need to let them know is you are cold-blooded. Isn't that right, Bill Belichick? You are cold-blooded. Blooded. Bill never yelled. He never screamed. He never waved his arms. He never threatened. He never did any of that. Just basically said, do your job. And if you don't do your job, you know what's going to happen. And he did it and backed it up. It's one of the reasons why he brings in a lot of guys into that locker room, man, that are squared away dudes. Smart intelligent he looks for that number one he wants smart intelligent tough football players now you've got to have a certain amount of skill of course You have to to play in the National Football League. Not just going to have a bunch of tough guys. Otherwise, you're going to have me. (laughs) That's what you're going to have. Right. We'll be great on special teams, man. (laughs) Oh, that's great. We'll kill them on special teams. Except for the guy that's going to have to return the ball. We'd really suck buttermilk on that one. But you get my point. You need talent. There's no denying that. But smart tough, and capable. That's what Bill Belichick looks for, and that's what I want to see. I want to see Cliff Kingsbury do the same thing here. He needs to run more power schemes. He needs to attack the line of scrimmage a little bit more. These are the changes that I would like to see because I also think they totally apply to Kyler Murray and his future as well. In what you need to see Kyler do in the future. This is just my opinion. But a Kyler needs to develop the old school mentality. And understand the old traditional offense and why it works in the NFL.
0: Well, the other thing that that comment from Cliff Kingsbury right there would indicate to me is that we're going to have an answer on Monday or Tuesday. You know what I mean? It's yes. not It's not going to be, well, Cliff's still the coach, but let's see again in a couple weeks. And I know most teams make the change on Monday, but not always. And so that was my question earlier in the show. If we finish the show on Monday and Cliff's still the head coach, am I to assume he's the head coach in 2023? And maybe it's not a Monday thing, but I, I, I got to think if, if Cliff is still the head coach by like Wednesday or Thursday morning, they're sticking with him. Uh, but also... Based on that soundbite right there, I, I find it a lot less likely that they are doing that. All right, we come back. January 15th is a week from Sunday. If the Suns wanted to trade DeAndre Ayton, could they even do it at this point? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're going to get into the DA stuff here, but... Um We have a ruling. Wolf, you ready for the ruling? No. This is, uh, this breaks my heart. This is Avon Collins on Hard Knocks right here. I just call it Tombstone Hat because, like, if you guys, anyone's watched Tombstone, this is, like, kind of what it looks like.
3: So I was I, wrong. I was wrong.
0: I don't know Mel. what to think anymore.
3: I was wrong.
2: I don't know
0: what to believe
2: anymore. Okay, so first of all, Mel, you have not seen Tombstone. Have no, you? I have. Oh, you have? Yes. Uh, okay, I haven't.
1: I'll be your Huckleberry.
2: And y'all be your Huckleberry. I'm yeah, your Huckleberry. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's what he said around with Doc Holliday. I mean, I'm your Huckleberry. Okay, I mean, yeah, I'm right here. You want to, bam, he killed a guy after he said that. Spoiler alert for this movie that's only Um, 30 years old. Yeah, but once again, Tombstone, that's the hat that Zayvon Collins has. And um, better than that, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Maloney was wrong. (laughs)
0: If you didn't hit the button, I would have right there. That's
2: the panic button right there. Mal, don't panic, okay? It happens to everybody.
0: This is perfect. This is the first time I can remember Maloney being wrong to the point where... If you go back to the tape from an hour ago, I said he called his shirt the Yellowstone shirt and his hat the Tombstone hat. You are right. And Maloney said, no, he didn't. And I was like, oh, Maloney's never wrong. And I I am. So I'm going to side with Maloney. Exactly. That that is amazing.
2: I went as
3: far as to say that has David Collins even seen Tombstone? Oh,
0: right. I know. Interesting.
3: Talk about being wrong.
0: Yeah
2: she said it with certitude
0: too but she was smart to do it on a Friday afternoon when you try to slide in the the news that you don't want to get talked about especially in the 1 o'clock hour. I mean come on now I just wish you wouldn't have admitted that Wolf was right on the air. That's the bigger issue because now for the next forty three minutes, I got to deal with this in here. Yeah, let's. Got to
1: be True. accountable, right?
0: Yeah, hey, there True. you go, Mal. Like that, that. That. that was very JJ Watt at the end of the Falcons game, like right there by Maloney. You okay. know what? She messed up and she wanted. Right. To, she That's wasn't exactly going to run from right. it, which you know I expect nothing less. Uh, all right, on the basketball, indeed. You look like you just want to gloat. <laughs> totally. I kind of want to wallow
2: just a little bit in it. The fact that Tombstone, I remembered it. I, re- I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but you know what, man? I, I remembered Tombstone. He said Tombstone. Now, now, you now, I
0: always say that, that you can't remember what you had for dinner last night, but I'm starting to wonder if yeah, you just don't eat dinner, because you remember everything else. <laughs> oh, I eat dinner. You remember you remembered the heat sun score from a couple months ago, the exact point. <laughs> yeah, oh, I eat dinner. Don't worry about that.
2: Okay, where are we going? This right. way? Well, a little basketball. is it not? Okay, yeah, is Aiden. not DeAndre
0: Ayton. This is not that Fun. Do you want me to play the Halliburton cut again, or can we just move on? I, from that one? I honestly, no, I don't want to play the Halliburton. Okay. Don't get me sidetracked on that one right there. This is about me DeAndre Ayton. All right, this is uh, Bill Simmons on his own podcast yesterday with Rob Mahoney, who covers basketball for the Ringer, which is, of course, the site that Bill Simmons started. And that's look, they do all sports over there, but it is it is predominantly NFL and NBA and sim. Simmons, in particular, is an NBA guy. He wrote the the book on basketball all those years ago and then wrote the addendum to it. It's like 2,000 pages long. So he's a big basketball guy. And this is what he had to say specifically about DeAndre Ayton.
3: I was a big Ayton defender. This season's been concerning. It reminds me of the centers I grew up with in the 80s, like the Joe Bear Carroll type guys, where it's like they're getting their stats. It's fine if you're not actually watching it. If you're watching it, like there's something slightly missing and it doesn't seem within the team it doesn't seem awesome either
0: that's where the conversation has switched for me wolf what were you going to say cuz I was take just honestly direction.
2: just listening to bill simmons right there um i'm thinking to myself you know what yeah it's they won 64 games last year mm-hmm. 64 games you're not going to really watch Closely, when a guy's out there playing on a team that is winning 64 games,
0: everything was perfect. Last
2: everything year. was beautiful. They said they're they're great. Look at Da. Look at the numbers that he's getting. And then all of a sudden, when you see the Suns are losing, now all of a sudden, a lot of analysts start. You know, what's going on here? What what is going on? Why are they losing games? Now I know we can point to the injuries, and you should. That is not an excuse. Still that think is, that's the biggest reason. That is a reason why they're they're playing the way that they are. In my opinion, um, it's kind of like the starting offensive line—the five guys that you run out there. When you get these guys together, and there's consistency and continuity, now all of a sudden that offensive line gets better. I think it's the same way when you get your your five starting. Um, players out on the floor together. You get those guys out on the floor together, Your starters. Now all of a sudden they start getting into an ebb and flow, man, of the season. Consistency and continuity. I think that's important. It's one of the reasons why the Suns are struggling. Yes, indeed. Yet at the same time, when you start losing games, people start watching more closely, especially to your stars that are playing And you're losing games. And I think people are are watching D.A. a lot more closely. And because of that, they see a perceived lack of effort or physicality or urgency, just like we've talked about from time to time
0: over the last three years. All right, so let, let me reset where I have been on DeAndre Ayton since they drafted him and when, when they drafted him I was doing the evening show and a lot of times we'd have Kellen Olson in and I, I listened to a lot of Simmons podcasts back then and he was consistently like I, I would take Luca. They at least got to look at Luca, and Kellen was very consistent they got to take Luca. I was at least, I didn't watch Luca play a lot of European basketball but I watched Ayton play in college Ayton was good but I felt like and I said this at the time I'm sure there's there's audio of it out there that everybody was like hey I take Ayton because that great game he had against ASU, is the local guy you want to make that pick, right? Well, if you stop looking at Aiton through the lens of number one overall pick, because that's kind of where it was the first couple of years. Wow, this guy, he's good, but he is he better than Luca? That's where that's how he was viewed the first couple of years. Then you get last year. And it was, okay, this guy's asking for a max deal. Is he like a max player? I told you coming into this year, I'm putting both those things behind me. I'm not looking at, at DA as, as okay, this guy's getting a max deal, or they took him ahead of Luca. I'm looking at him as he's a good player on a very good basketball team. He helps the Suns win. To your point, now the scrutiny is is he really helping them win? And, and I think the concerning thing for me is if this is his ceiling, it shouldn't be his ceiling. And that's not because of where he was picked, and that's not because of how much of Robert Sarver or Matt Ishbia's money he's getting. I don't really care. It's... The team isn't winning, and I've seen him play better. That's the problem.
2: I love the fact what you
0: just said right there. You just stumbled into brilliance. (laughs) And I mean stumbled. Skinned
2: your knees. Look, anything could happen. Maloney's wrong. Who knows? You just mentioned Matt Ishbia.
0: What did Ishbia do? What was he? He was the 17th man on a... 17-man roster. Okay. Um, I was a 17th player. They kept 17 players that year. I was the luckiest guy to be on that team. You would not have made the team if it had 16 players on it.
2: That's right. I would be the hardest-working guy to be the worst player on that team. Do you still have a little walk-on in you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's who I am. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank you, Matt, for saying that right there because you're my point. I think we all can see it. Matt Ishbia was everything DeAndre Ayton isn't everything this guy understands the game knows the locker room dynamic understands what goes on when you have maybe the most talented individual in the building not be able to bring it consistently night in and night out it's the bane of a walk-on's existence to me it's everything they're not.
0: Yeah. And and here I'll play this other clip from the Bill Simmons podcast. This is Rob Mahoney uh, in response to what Simmons said. This has been a really dispiriting season of watching DeAndre Aiden play basketball to be totally honest with you. And that's mm. the the problem with that is exactly what you outlined. Like, everyone in the league knows it. These teams are playing against him. They're seeing him kind of float through some games, like not really assert himself, like have opportunities where he could be dominant but just doesn't. Everyone in the league is clocking the same things with, about DeAndre Ayton that we are, and those teams are not going to give you tons of stuff in a trade for him. That's that's just really not going to happen. And yet Bridges is the guy you would probably want to hold on to. So I, I don't know how you navigate that. But can I tell you something, Wolf? And hearing that and and... That's, I think, is a thought a lot of people have. That's the first time I've really heard it from a, a national media member. But I get hear that I don't want to trade DeAndre. Ayton. I'm, I'm not trading this guy. I'm not selling low on DA. I, I, that, that's why I think entering this season. I kind of came to terms with stop looking at him as the number one yeah. overall pick. Stop looking at him as as he thinks he's a max player. Just look at the value he brings to the Phoenix Suns. That makes it a lot easier to not just like DeAndre Ayton, that the guy, but like okay, I like having this guy on the team. Um, if they if they trade him just for the sake of trading him, yeah. and if we, I, we got a you know a late first round pick in a year, and then we got a second rounder in a couple of years, it's
2: like, right? Great. You just made the team worse. This is, this is awesome because I totally disagree with you. Nice. 100% because now with Matt Ishbia as their owner, a guy who understands what a mad king can possibly do inside a locker room to the rest of the team and their motivation and their focus and their concentration, the fact that it can become a cancer metaphorically speaking, inside the locker room with Ishbia, James Jones, and Monty Williams.
0: I think he's gone. Well, you just answered my question before I asked it. I asked uh, Kellen this last week, too. Do you think DeAndre Ayton is on this team for media day next year? I think you just gave the answer right there. You gave your answer. They're looking at it
2: like subtraction. What? Addition through subtraction.
0: He's got too much invested in him to make an I, I, addition I'm, by subtraction well, trade. Well, I hear what of you're all, saying.
2: Invested, you're going to
0: trade his contract. Yeah, yeah. Number one overall pick, though, man. Uh, all right. And he's, he's good. He's, he is a good player. He's not a bad player. He's not. He's a good player. Uh, text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what are you watching for in the Cardinals' final game of the 2022 season and J.J. Watt's final game ever? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Uh, let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona sports the local sports leader All right we've uh, we've got two segments left but of course the final segment on a uh, on a Friday is always the work week wrap up wolf so this is yeah. it this is our final chance to talk about an actual Cardinals football game this season going into the game. Obviously, we're going to react on Monday, but I think a lot of that reaction is going to be to what they are or aren't doing about the GM and the coaching positions. But uh, this is, this is the last time to go into a weekend where the Cardinals have a game this season, play in the 49ers, second time this year. They lost to them 38 to 10, the first time in Mexico City. Um, and that really kind of. I don't want to say that started the Cardinals down a bad path because they were already not on a great path, but they were still in it at that point. Now, you have the Cardinals just playing out the string, and you have the 49ers playing for first place in the entire NFC. We know James Conner's not playing. We know DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. We know David Blau's starting. Zaven Collins might not be playing on defense. So... um What do you want to see on Sunday? Oh, my goodness, (laughs) honestly. You know, once again,
2: I'm sorry, this is not about the Arizona Cardinals pulling an upset against the San Francisco 49ers who are going to be playing uh, for seeding, of course. Uh, This is about personnel. This is going to be about players, individual players that are out there on the field. And when I think of individual players that I want to see uh, get better, I think of Trey McBride and Zavin Collins. Those two guys. Guys right there, we had a little fulcrum football that we did earlier in this beautiful broadcast. And um, those two guys were guys that I really loved and wanted to see an awful lot of. Zavin Collins, to your point, may not play. He's questionable, of course, with a calf. Trey McBride is going to play. And you know what? Um, He's going to play against the best defense, I think, in the National Football League right now. I want to see Trey McBride continue to develop. And I think he's got a real chance of doing that with David Blau as his quarterback. And the reason why I say that is because they're going to put David Blau under center. They're going to use that tight end to run some play action. They're going to go ahead and run that tackle zone. And here comes the boot and the waggle off of that. Here comes that play action. They're going to throw the ball like they did to Trey McBride last week in Atlanta. He's going to get the opportunity to do that against a tight end that I want to see him develop into, and that's George Kittle.
0: Did you see that stat from Derb's story on Monday? Maybe you already knew this, that the Cardinals haven't had a 100-yard receiving tight end, like they haven't had that performance in a game. I saw it. Since 1989. Rob Ewald. yeah.
2: I played with Rob Walt. okay well that was- i played nineteen eighty nine
0: I played with Rob Walt. <laughs> Um, How do you go 33 years without having a 100 yard game from a tight end? That's truly amazing,
2: uh, especially too when you think of the fact they also had Jay Novacek, but maybe Jay was actually gone by 1989. He came in with me in 1985, Jay Novacek. Was Ouija was his nickname. That was his right? nickname? Ouija. Yes. Don't ask why, but it was Ouija, <laughs> his nickname, of course. And he went on to great fame with the Dallas Cowboys. Great fame and won a Super Bowl ring, as a matter of fact, with the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, to me, again, I want to see Trey McBride continue to develop. Uh, Personally, I think this is a game he could benefit from greatly if he was able to go out there. I want to see him hold up a little bit better at the point of attack, be a little bit uh, more technically sound in terms of his technique at the point of attack. um, I want to see him also give the effort at the point of attack and do it where he's got a flat back and a nice base below him. So, anyways, that's the first guy that I think of, Trey well,
0: McBride. The other one. And McBride, certainly, because we finally are seeing signs that maybe he can he can be something for this team last week in particular uh, so, Yeah, I'm with you 100% I want to see how how he follows that up uh, the result of the game doesn't matter but if he goes out there and has another touchdown and you know 85 yards receiving or something I'm going to assume that's more than just good on field chemistry with David Blau The other guy that I'm watching is obviously J.J. Watt. This is Vance Joseph yesterday. They asked him, okay, who's been emotional this week since it's we all know it's J.J. Watt's last week. Who's been emotional during this final week? Just everyone talking about his last week of football. You know, I mean, he's been playing football since he was six years old, you know, so to have your last practice and to see the end, it's it's pretty cool, you know, because it's, it's 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 on his terms, you know, and that's the way he wanted it. He wanted to go out playing good football and on his terms, and that's happened for him, but it's still cool to talk to him about, you know, what's happening next and, you know, less workouts and all those things, but I, I have no idea, you know, what he's going to do for hobbies because he's, he's so driven and he's so over the top, you know, with every so his next uh, endeavor in life is going to be interesting to see. start Perfect! That'd be a great commercial. If it was just like, here's J.J. Watt's other career choices, and he's just like taking up aggressive painting or something. <laughs> <laughs> because you're right. Vance is right right there. It's not like J.J. Watt's going to go and be like a yoga
2: instructor. I, I wonder what J.J. Watt is going to do, Basin Ernians, to fill that void. Because there is a void. And even when you prepare for it, I, I thought I was, are you kidding me? I was going to be fine after football. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to be fine. I was going to play this game, and I was going to play it until I could no longer do it. I was going to force them to rip the jersey off my back, and I was going to be fine after it. I wasn't fine. I was not ready. Now, a lot of that was due to uh, some personal issues, of course, things that were happening in my marriage, yet at the same time, um, I knew exactly what I was going to do, and suddenly I was lost, wandering, wondering, how do I fill that? We had a saying, it was, what do you do when you've already done what you were born to do? in terms of playing the game of football. Mm-hmm. How do you fill that void? And that's going to be J.J. Watt's challenge right there. How do you fill that void? Being a dad... Um, That'll help. Is, is Yes, being a dad is going to be awesome. He's going to have that opportunity, but he's going to have to find something, I think. Whatever that something is, he's going to have to find something and maybe it will be weighed measured and found wanting because it's a hard thing to replace the the juice that you have when you play the game of football the intensity level that you're able to bring and tap into the rage that you're able to bring it onto the field as you walk in between those white lines man it's going to be interesting to see what he does Uh, this is
0: what he had to say today JJ Watt just spoke heading into his final NFL game Um,
3: on one hand I'm proud of my career and I'm proud of um, everything that I've accomplished but I'm also not proud of how we performed as a team or how this how we have you know moved not towards our goals in the way that we should and so it's it is frustrating and that's part of the reason i'm trying to impart as much knowledge and, and pass on as much wisdom as i can to these young guys so that hopefully that they can turn around and get it right and get it figured out because it's not fun when you're 4 and 12. It's, it's, it's just a simple fact and I think that if I'm being 100% honest, that's probably part of the reason why I'm not as you know, it's sentimental this week a little bit and you know, because it's, it's different. You know, it's, it, we're not where we want to be, and it's frustrating, and I really hope that they get to where they want to be because um, I know what it's like to have fun in this league and to win and to play it, you know, to be playing and to have a frenzy around a great team, and it's a blast, and uh, I want that for every single player in their locker room. Man, nah.
2: I wish I could say the same. That I know what it's like <laughs> to actually play when things are going well, when your team is good. Um, it brings back a lot of memories, that's, bad memories yeah, right there. I was going to say. I'm just saying.
0: That's, that is probably going to make it even better harder to leave because he has experienced the highs like if this yes. if, if his whole career had been seasons totally like this he'd probably be like man this is, there's got to be something else gotta, like open up a restaurant or something as opposed to a coffee shop I don't know, anything car dealership instead of sitting here going three and 14 or four and 13 every yeah. year uh but he has experienced you know not the highs he hasn't won the super bowl but there were better times it's better times last year with this team right yes. when he went down they were seven and oh yes um I, I I'm interested to see how, and maybe we won't see it. Maybe we're just going to hear it secondhand. How invested he still is in guys like Zayvon Collins and Cameron Thomas and Zach Allen. Not that I think he's ever going to be like an assistant coach or anything like that, but just you know, if he's still going to live in Arizona, he's still invested in those guys, yeah. right? I mean, those. It's not like you're just okay. Well, I'm I'm done, so I don't care how he's right. still going to be watching the Cardinals to see how his guys on defense play.
2: Yeah, no, there's no doubt he's going to be doing that. Um, you build these relationships and these bonds. We've been talking about it with Demar Hamlin, of course, and the Buffalo Bills. And just the fact that I don't know Demar Hamlin. And uh, at the same time, Lorenzo Alexander, he doesn't know Demar Hamlin. But you've got this bond. You feel like you have this bond. You feel like you know these guys um, because they're football players and because of the brotherhood. J.J.'s always going to have that brotherhood. That's the great thing about it. He's always going to be respected and allowed to interface with
3: that brotherhood. Uh, Here's one more from J.J. Watt. I don't know. You know, at some point, everybody gets forgotten about, you know, and I just hope that I've passed along enough things and I made enough of an impact to where somebody else can pass along and somebody else can pass along. I don't need anybody to remember me. I enjoyed it while I had it. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, I just hope I passed on enough knowledge and I passed on enough things in the community and that somebody else passes it on and somebody else passes it on. We've created a chain reaction and a ripple effect that hopefully in some small little way we've changed the world. Um, not because of me, but because of all the people that helped me do it. So... I don't need anybody to remember me. I'm thankful and I'm grateful, but I'm well aware of the fact that someday I'll be forgotten. Um, so I'm just enjoying it. Can you imagine
0: what oh, before the that. game on Sunday? Can you imagine like just what before While, the
2: game? JJ. Like I'm sorry, that, that right there, that cut. Well done, JJ. Well done. Legacy. Legacy. You let everyone else decide who you are. It's not about being remembered.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like a guy who is as at peace with retiring as you can possibly be. Yep. I mean, you're retiring from one of the greatest jobs on earth, but I, yeah, we'll see. Um, it I just doesn't sound like a guy that's coming back in a year. It was a busy week around the uh, world of sports, so we're going to take you through everything that happened with our work week wrap-up next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it is time for the work week wrap-up here to uh, wrap up the week. Wolf, as we head into the weekend, that's a lot of W's right there. Let's start on Monday. Monday. Monday, Suns lose to the Knicks Monday afternoon. Not uh, a good game by any means. Phoenix is going to lose to the third straight time. Six out of the last seven. This has not been a fun road trip. Wins and losses, John. One and four so far on this six-game trip as there's the final buzzer. Knicks win
1: by the final of 102-83. to And they pick up their first win in the series against the Suns in over five years.
2: The
0: misery continues. Does uh, it not? Kempton's call—the way he said that—almost like he blamed John Bloom for not fixing it. I'm not having fun on this road trip, John Bloom. All right, that was uh, that was Monday afternoon. Of course, Monday night is a Monday night football game. Unfortunately, we're all going to remember for a while. Scary, emotional scene. It was supposed to be, you know, the, the game everybody's looking forward to—Buffalo, Cincinnati—but uh, Demar Hamlin on the field goes into cardiac arrest. They have to give him CPR for nine minutes. Here's Ryan Clark afterwards.
3: When DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times
0: in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches. I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk
2: man still the emotion when I think of what Damar Hamlin uh, went through and what we all witnessed um, in a stunning stunning example of humanity that followed after this it's just it's amazing to me it truly is in there are no words yet I'm so excited to hear that DeMar Hamlin is actually coming out of this, it seems, on the other end, he's still in a critical situation, yet at the same time, to know that he FaceTimed the Buffalo Bills it's, it's and his teammates. Uh, it fills me with a hope
0: and a love and an appreciation for him. That that was just Monday. It's Friday. He's breathing on his own and FaceTiming his teammates. That's uh, uh, remarkable on so many levels and uh, we'll continue on now till Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, Kyler Murray undergoing knee surgery. Here's Cliff Kingsbury.
1: I did, yeah. I texted him yesterday. It went well. Um, so now starts rehab. I know he was excited to, to get it done and and get moving forward. So, like you said, Wolf, now the rehab for Kyler basically starts
0: right when surgery's over. Yeah, it's so critical right now. You get um, that
2: rehab started from day one. Baby steps going
0: forward. Uh, As far as basketball, Brian Windhorst of ESPN had a story saying, yeah, okay, Matt Ishby is buying the Suns, but it's actually still Robert Sarver probably through the trade deadline that's going to have to sign off on any deals they want to make. Robert Sarver's last, uh, last fingerprints on the Suns. Now look, maybe, maybe he, I was talking to the, uh, the web department about this yesterday. If I'm Robert Sarver, if I'm still going to get a ring, if the team wins, I might sign off on some deals here. This is your last chance to get a, a ring. Uh, Coyotes end up giving up five goals and they lose to the Panthers on Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Cardinals shut down Colt McCoy.
1: It was tough. Yeah. He, he wanted to play. And, um, it's just in our situation with like i said the impending probably not having a to start the year it's it's the right thing to do yeah
2: you know colt mccoy once again um is a guy that you're going to be counting on to go into training camp next season of course and actually start the season i i think they'll probably bring another veteran quarterback in it's going to depend on what david blau does as well maybe they'll do it anyways bring him in to compete uh, of that quarterback room, but so it begins, Luke.
0: So, Blau starting uh, Colt out until next year. I mean, it's obviously only one game. Also on Wednesday, Zach Davies agreeing to re-sign with the D-backs and the Cardinals, and this is kind of a little bit different for this team. We'll roll out DeAndre Hopkins on a Wednesday for a Sunday game. Here's Cliff Kingsbury when he was asked, okay, would DeAndre Hopkins be playing if there was more on the line?
1: Uh, I'd say it'd be close. Um, It's definitely something that's been nagging him. His, his knee injury, and um, so we're just going to be cautious this last one. I still find this one curious.
0: You do? Well, I mean it's it's the end of the season. It's it, it's not like he has to play. You're not you're not trying to preserve him for next week or the week after. Yeah. Unless you're trying to trade him. You know, I, I, you have to wonder if
2: they're going to go into a rebuild. And once again, just because you're going to rebuild, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a three-year process. But D Hop has got value. And I think they're going to get phone calls. And because they're going to get phone calls, and because he's got value, oh yeah, I could see that moving
1: him.
0: And maybe it's as simple as, look, everybody we run out on the field seems to get hurt this year, and if we're going to try and trade DeAndre Hopkins, we don't want some weird injury in the last game. Maybe it's that. Uh, also on Wednesday, Suns general manager James Jones joined Burns and Gambo to talk about that Brian Windhorst report.
1: No, it hasn't. We've, we've been consistent since day one. I
0: mean,
3: we've known... What the parameters for operation for our operation has been and will continue to be until there's a transition or uh, to new ownership, um, and so we've been business as usual. So there's been at no point where you've got vetoed on any
0: possible trade that you've had discussions with or presented.
3: No, I
2: haven't. <laughs> I like that when I first heard that cut earlier this week when James Jones said "Operation," yeah. I thought like he was going to name it "Operation New Owner." You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like he was going ishpia. to say like they like they've got this little code word for it, you know. When we were going to do Operation New Owner, um, you know, that's not what he was doing. No, okay. he sounded like
0: he was getting cross-examined by Gambo there. <laughs> so, can you tell us officially? Yes. Um, also, Wednesday, the uh, the the finalists for the Hall of Fame: Joe Thomas, Darrell Rivas, Dwight Freeney, are finalists in their first year of eligibility for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Also, Darren Woodson former ASU star. There's a lot of good names on this uh, list. Second and nine on the ten. Rodgers in trouble, and he's sacked by Dwight Freeney. Oh my
2: goodness, Dwight Freeney has dropped the drawers of a left tackle with that spin move more than any other defensive end in the history of this game, and he just did it again. That's what he was all about. Dwight Freeney, of course, he could get the edge. First of all, you have to know that, Basin audience. He could get the edge. Get all off and get the edge. Get off and get the edge. Just like Max Crosby can get the edge. And yet it, it it's that knowledge and that truth of being able to get the edge that hoses every offensive tackle that has ever played against those two guys. Because everything else, the fact they can get the every other move comes off of that truth. And that's what made Dwight Freeney's spin move unblockable. You could
0: not block. Come that spin move. Yeah, just logically. If he can get the edge and you're like, okay, i got to focus on the edge. And then he spins and inside. Right and he's inside he's you. You, you are toast.
2: And he could still do it when he got here. That was the yeah, awesome good, thing about good, it. Uh, a little
0: run here. Uh, also, still on Wednesday, busy day. Here's Chris Paul playing well. 25 points and 8 assists. But the Suns lose to the Cavs anyway. Final 7 seconds. Paul dribbles to the left wing. Still on the dribble. Tries the 3. And ties the 3 with a half second left. Left in the half. CP3 with 14 to lead all scores. Okay, on to Thursday. Thursday. Ian Rappaport with an update on DeMar Hamlin. Talk to people close to DeMar Hamlin, and there's several things that stand out to me. First of all, as you mentioned, he opened his eyes last night. Uh, He has been responsive, which is also extremely positive. Neurologically intact is how the Bills refer to him, and he also has been
1: gripping the hands of those close to him.
2: It's already man, crazy was, progress. You know, that was so awesome to hear that, that he was actually gripping hands, man. That, that got me so excited. Um, and the news has only gotten better yeah. since. That's the great thing. Can't wait for Friday. Oh, it is Friday. Can't wait for Saturday because he's getting
0: better every day. Uh, back to basketball. Devin Booker, eighth among Western Conference guards in the first round of NBA All-Star fan voting. Just, just right there ahead of Austin Reeves.
1: See the shots that I took. Right,
0: like uh, not a lot of Austin Reeves songs that I know of. Uh, Vance Joseph, meeting with the media, was asked if the his coaching staff has been reassured they're coming back next year. I have not, um, but I'm not worried about that. Obviously, um, that's part of business. You know, we're coaching to win a game on once- Sunday. Sunday, and think um, it works out, we'll come back with a plan in offseason to kind of fix everything because it's fixable, but we have not been uh, real sure of that, and that's okay.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like being in the military for the most part, right? You are a nomad. Rarely do you get the opportunity to hang out in a city for 10, 15 years when you're a professional coach, whether you're at the college level or you're
0: at the pro level of of course, the one thing that is consistent is change. Well, to illustrate that point, I'll throw out the stat from earlier again. Cliff Kingsbury is the 10th longest tenured head coach in the National Football League right now. Wow. Uh, and the other names are like a lot of Hall of Famers. Also, Thursday NFL announcing, okay, we're just not going to finish this uh, Bengals-Bills game. Here's Dan Graziano.
1: If you have an AFC championship
0: game in which the two teams played a different number of games and one of them would have had a shot to be the higher seed but didn't get that shot, right, uh, then, then it'll be at a neutral site. And there are only really three possibilities, and, and none of them might come to pass. All right, ASU basketball bounces back from that U of A loss with a 77-71 win over Washington State Friday. Friday, an update from Dr. Timothy Pitts on Demar Hamlin. To
2: paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know, when, when he asked, did we win, the answer is yes, you know, Demar, you won, you've won the game of life. Uh, And that's probably the most important thing out of this. And we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's
1: going on. And we really want to ensure a good outcome for him.
2: Imagine how encouraging that was right there for everybody, his family to be involved when he asked who won the game. <laughs> I mean, think about the cognition. He had memory, of course, in the fact that he could actually enunciate it. Yes, he did it through writing, but still, did we
0: win the game? That
2: was his first
0: thought. That what a start Speechless when I heard that yesterday. And yeah, that was through writing, but today he was able to talk to his teammates over FaceTime. Uh, for the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury rules out James Conner for Sunday, and The update on Zayvon Collins?
1: Day to day, but doesn't look good. I would say he's not. Not trending the right way as of today. And his update on himself for next year. Um, we'll focus on that after Sunday. But um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how we win this game. Right?
0: That's it for us. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and <laughs>